0: All right, it's the Real Family Time Podcast. Welcome to the Real Family Time Podcast. It's your host, DJ00G, a.k.a. Aaron. We got my brother in the building. Are you serious? A.k.a. Yo, Brady. Yo, yo, yo. We got daddy, Bud in the building. I think they're going through some technical difficulties right now, but uh, they hey, in the I building.
1: I hear you. I'm here. Hey,
0: we hey, hey. We got She online with us. Uh... Whenever she gets through doing what she's doing, uh, she going to jump on. Mm-hmm. And then dad, same way, he's fixing his uh, computer. I don't know what happened to it, but he'll be on shortly. So just like every episode, I believe this is episode number 24 of the Real Family Time podcast, uh, where we just, you know, spend time with each other each week, uh, talking about current events, news, and uh, pretty much whatever we want to talk about. Uh, so we're a black family, a black Christian family. And uh, we're making this podcast. It's a Real Family Time podcast. Uh, We always start off with news that nobody cares about. So this week in news that nobody cares about, I ran across a story this morning on the AP News Associated Press. And it was a story about a man in Washington. Uh, An inmate was sentenced to an extra 25 years for killing another inmate in jail. And it was 26 year old Shane Goldsby. And the reason why it struck me is because Shane, you know, we all seen movies where, you know, you shank your cellmate, Uh, but this dude actually killed his cellmate, which was a 70 year old man uh, named Robert Munger at Airway Heights Correction Center last August. And uh, surveillance footage showed Goldsby kicking, punching and stomping Munger's head in the common area, according to Associated Press. He was serving time. Munger was serving time for uh, child sex crimes. Uh, So court records say Goldsby was convicted and sentenced to 293 months or just under 25 years in jail for killing Robert Munger. Uh, And a lot of times, you know, uh, when you go to jail, prison, uh, sex offenders, uh, child molesters, uh, they they don't go in a population very often. Uh, because their crimes lead them to be attacked, like, all the time. Like, right, if you're a child molester in jail, you're going to have a horrible time. Because we're going to try to get you every chance we get. So it didn't surprise me. But what surprised me was that they were cellmates. And a brother, Shane, killed Robert because Robert raped Shane's sister. And then bragged about it to Shane in the cell. So they were in the cell having an argument, and they brung up the situation. I don't know how they got into the same cell, uh, but Shane knew that Robert had raped his sister previously uh, when they were younger uh, in years past, and uh, beat that man to death. He got sentenced to twenty five years. So, uh, are you serious? Brung up before we were talking about uh, in previous episodes. Is it okay? Is it ever okay to kill somebody? Is there ever, is there ever a reason to kill somebody? Now, most people say, no, there's never a reason to kill somebody. Uh, but the United States of America is kind of in the business of killing people. <laughs> we got army, Navy, uh, air force, all those forces are used, uh, to kill people. We killing people. So is there ever a reason? Is this a good reason you're in a cell? You're in jail. You're already in jail. You find out this old man raped your sister. Is that a good reason to kill somebody? Are you serious? I'm gonna ask you.
2: Um, I struggle with this one. Um, like I, I don't, I don't think it's ever okay to actually take a life, right? But I can understand why. If that makes more sense. Like, I don't think it's ever in any circumstance, okay, to take someone's life because we've already had the podcast discussions about existence and everything like that. So for me, it's it's a little bit further than just taking a life or not. There's a lot more to it. And I don't think we understand the nuance behind life itself. We don't even understand what it is all the way completely, right? We grasp our, based off of our religions and things like that, what, what it is, but we don't know it to its fullest, so I don't think that anyone should kill anyone. But I can understand the frustration, the context, and everything behind it depending on the person and how they express themselves. I can get it. I think that most justified killings are the most unjust killings, if that makes sense. So the ones that we think that are okay are really for the worst possible reasons. Like every army situation we're doing it so people can stay in. individuals specifically can be in power. Now, we talk about this for gas or freedom or this or that, but for the most part, those type of deaths are for individuals to stay in power or to gain power, right? So we're talking about military deaths like you were talking about. Like, that's what it's for. We can talk about all the other crap you want to talk about, the freedom of speech and this and this and we fought for your freedom, rights and whatever. But it's all for that individual who actually has the power to stay in power, the individuals to be in power, to have the ability to continue to do what they want to do and be a global presence. So I, I guess I get it. That's what I guess I was all like, I can get it. I get it. I still don't think anybody should kill it, but I get it. And if I'm put in a situation, I would never want to kill anybody, but I can understand being forced in a situation for survival to kill
0: someone. Yeah. I don't know. Like, a, it's just a crazy situation. It's a crazy story. I think it's something to it because there's no way in the world. I don't, first of all, when they told me that he was a convicted rapist and he's in population, I just, something fishy about that, you and Gen Pop. Uh, and then you end up in the same cell. I didn't think about that either. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Then you end up in the same cell as the dude. That you and you were raped his sister you've been convicted of raping his sister. And then you bragging about it though. So it was the one he literally got convicted for? Yeah. He was convicted. Now Robert Munger was convicted of a lot of sex crimes. That's what I'm saying. Like they knew specifically so he that he was actually charged and convicted of raping his sister. Yeah, according to the story of the Associate Press, that he knew and he was bragging about it to the uh, dude Shane. And then that's why Shane killed him. Yeah, but they don't, I don't think they do background checks on each
2: person that goes into the cell with each other. They just throw them in the cells half the time, don't they? And that's a problem.
0: Well, you should know. I mean, you should know. You should know the charges, right? And you should know, like he, like, Robert should have never been in the same
2: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I
0: don't think the system itself, I don't think they actually
2: really be checking each individual and who's in each individual cell to that degree, do they?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously not. No, well, that yeah. I
2: guess it answers our question. I, no, no, obviously not. Obviously if he not, ended yeah. up in the cell with him, and that was his actual cellmate.
0: Oh. And you know, at any time, at any time when you're in a cell with somebody, you can always request a transfer. So you know what I'm saying? Like they they you can if if late, he wanted have- to, he could have said, Listen, I'm in this cell with this young boy, and I done did this to his sister. Y'all need to get me out this cell. You know but what I'm I saying? I don't think that. I think that the story that you're telling may be a little bit skewed only because
2: I think when he found out, I don't think he told him, Yeah,
0: I did it. No, he did. That's why he killed
2: afterwards. That's what I'm no, but I'm saying, like, I think what happened was the dude, the 72-year-old was telling the story. The other dude found out about it, and then they got an argument about it, and then he killed him. I don't think it was a situation in which he knew and he was in the cell with Homeboy for days or weeks or whatever, and then it happened. Like You see what I'm trying to say? That's that's the only thing that makes sense, because there's no way you're going to know and brag about killing a dude and then still be in the cell for days or weeks, and then you guys get into an argument about it, and he brings it back up. But that's why I killed your sister or raped your sister. Like, I don't think that, you see what I'm
0: saying? It doesn't seem realistic. Yeah, according to the story, that's what happened. So according to the story, the dude was bragging, but like I said, he did. Yeah, but no, I'm saying- He did so happened, he But it happened
2: at he, the same time. He could have said think anything. it was a, I don't think it was a, you killed my sister and then we're cellmates for this in the time. And then we get into an argument and you bring it back up. I think it all happened at the same time frame. Like I found out one day that you were actually the person that raped my sister during a conversation. And then you bring it up even again you bring it up more while we're arguing bragging about it like what you gonna do about it yeah i did it and then i killed because it. it's hard for me to think. it's hard especially for that person to want to kill them it's hard for me to think that that person was in that cell for them knowing that they raped their sister for any amount of time
0: um in other news that nobody cares about um Minneapolis police officers is offering a one hundred and eighty thousand dollar reward uh, for any information in the shooting of these three kids. And a ten year old, a Davian Garrett, Jr., nine year old Trinity Audison Smith and six year old Anaya Allen were unintended targets of alleged gun violence uh, between rival gangs. Um, and according to the Associated Press, again, um, Trinity was shot in the head in May while jumping on the trampoline at her home and died of her injuries 12 days later. uh, Six-year-old Anaya was hit by a stray gunfire in her mom's car as they were on their way home from McDonald's last May. Uh, And, you know, these are just innocent children uh, that are victims of uh, senseless gun violence, man. And um, I just wanted to know if anybody has any information, um and you are hearing this, please, you know, reach out to them people. It's one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Listen, that money gonna go a long way. You understand me? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think I might draw stitch for one hundred eighty thousand dollars. I, I think I might draw stitch, especially because involved involved, like what happened like yeah, yeah you know what i'm this saying like, at this point this is you You should have known brother what are you cause doing like because you weren't trying to kill them kids you was you were doing too much and them kids got hurt and now you need to pay yeah this
2: is no Man. longer a situation because yeah this ain't a street person against a street person and then they got their own thing and it's just them too no
0: nah. yeah. This ain't just to...
3: one person either. Yeah. These are three different people, yeah,
0: three different kids, yeah, three different situations. Mm-hmm. So that ain't no snitching. Yeah, that's like, uh, that's $180. Uh, stupidity. And that's one hundred eighty dollars. So, yeah. well, the gun range. If I knew who it like was,
3: uh, I'd had the money. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be no. I, I probably would have told before they offered the money. That would have been my mistake. Not waiting <laughs> to <laughs> offer because if I knew. Somebody that did it, you know. I guess it would depend on. I would listen to him, find out what happened, you know, how this happened, what it. Because one of the kids was on a trampoline in their own yard uh-huh. and was shot. One of them was in a car going to McDonald's,
0: I think, and was shot. Yep, one was shot. Yep, six years old. Was on the way to McDonald's.
3: Yeah, and another one was just. What was that? The other kid doing?
0: Um, I don't know. I didn't even read that. I think he was in his house. Uh, the ten-year-old Latavian Gear, yeah,
3: just going outside to play, yeah, and was shot. So these are all just bystanders, I guess. Oh, um, pretty much like uh, my nephew just got killed, just in the wrong place at in the right place at the wrong time. You know, yeah. just innocent people being. But the people who pull those triggers need to be held accountable. You know they. They got the guns, they pulled the trigger, they, they loaded the gun, they pulled the trigger, so they're accountable for whoever dies. And, the, and the, even if it wasn't who was meant, you know, I didn't mean to shoot them, I was shooting, so what?
0: Don't matter. It don't matter. And this is the largest reward that the uh, city of Minneapolis, Minneapolis, uh, and spotlight on crime fund has ever offered. Uh, and, and it's justified because you know, these parents, these yeah, R.I.P. to
2: them and R.I.P. to our cousin for sure, man. That's just it's just not cool. Even um, the comedian Tony Baker, his son, you heard about him? No,
1: mm-hmm.
2: sincere. He got a uh, he died in a car accident because of street racing, it was just a sad situation. So, all these people are getting killed from other people's mistakes and, and other people's issues, and it's just not cool, man. <laughs> Like, be responsible, man. Like, I get having fun, and I get out there. I get the street and all that stuff. But, like, if you're a street dude, take some to practice. Like, if you're really going to be a street dude, be a street dude. Get the person that you're trying to get. Don't be getting all these extra bystanders that didn't do nothing. Because you probably had a good reason or a righteous reason for what you was doing it for based off of what you consider right and wrong. Because once again, like I said, everybody's right and wrong is different. And I definitely don't go by the constitution of what's right and wrong, because they had us legally slaves. So I'm I'm not even going by <laughs> what they believe is right is wrong for me. So everybody has their own right and wrong. And that's specific to what this situation. But if you're gonna be doing all that stuff, man, make sure that you don't hit no innocent bystand. Like that has nothing to do with them. Like if you once again, if you that gangster, if you that if you that bold to take a person's life. Then you should be close enough to take it and their and only their life. If you're that bad, if you're that bold, if you think that you have the authority to take someone's life, there shouldn't even be an option for anybody to if you if you're that gangster, because you because yeah. you're that gangster, you That's, shouldn't be you know, sitting video. there, you shouldn't be as you flying away. No, you should be right there out, of, out like if you're that bold to take a life,
0: then do it. I wanted to bring this up because it highlights the fact that we still, you know, are living in a world where places like Chicago, just last weekend, it was 71 people shot. The weekend before Mm -hmm. that, it was 51 people shot. The weekend before that, it was 81 people shot. Like they got 50 people getting shot every weekend in Chicago. And if you know about our city, Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, we just Chicago suburb because everybody from Chicago come to St. Paul, Minneapolis. I'm
2: trying to tell people.
0: Set up residence. So, i tell people. You know what I'm saying? But we're not getting it like they getting it. I mean, the, the government... Well, they did at one time when they called it murder. The reason why I call it the murder, that yeah, like one murder year
2: when we had the highest homicide rate in the country, like, it, it gets bad. It
0: got bad out there. Yeah. It's and bad. Then, it's bad now. But it's just, still bad, but you know what I'm saying. Like, 81 people in a three day period every weekend are getting shot in the city of Chicago. And it's not like, you know, the 4th of July where it goes to 150 people, you know, like, and and not all these people are dying. Like you got to understand people get shot and hurt and injured and maimed and paralyzed. Like, you know, they, right now it's, it's August. They have 493 people killed Mm -hmm. in Chicago so far this year.
2: And let me address something, too, when it comes to that, by the way. I don't want to sit on my soapbox for long. But there's a lot of people that always talk about the violence that these gangsters and these thugs have, right? But then they say, well, Mark Zimmerman's walking around free, but you're going to kill your brother down the block. There's a very big difference of trying to go find, go hunt, and then the repercussions behind killing Zimmerman. They're not going to have an investigation if you kill Pookie. The world isn't going to be looking for you if you kill Pookie. The world will be looking for you if you kill Zimmer. It just is what it is. Like they're going to have a federal investigation on that situation. It's going to be on CNN. It's going to be on Fox News. It's going to be on MSNBC and every other news outlet. So you can't compare the two. Like it's just not realistic to be like, well, y'all can kill all your brothers and sisters in the hood but because everybody knows there's no repercussions. Right. There's no repercussions behind it. There's too many dudes with bodies on their their jacket, on their sleeve, and they know they're not going to jail. And ain't nobody looking for them. They know it. There's a big difference between you doing that and then going to try to kill Zimmerman. You're going to have everybody searching. That area, they're going to look at all the footage from that day, eight years back, and they're going to see you who came in which area and figure it out and find you and knock
0: on your door. No, that's true. There's a big difference. Even in Chicago, just this weekend, I was reading a story. They had two boys. They were sitting in the back of the yard, and a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old were in the back of the yard at 1.23 in the morning. Somebody did a drive-by and shot and killed. Uh, one of the boys uh, was hit in the chest. The other one was hit, uh, and he's in the hospital right now. But at that same time, there was two other shootings going on in the city. Uh, seven blocks from each other, so it was three three different shootings. A total of seven people got shot, all within five minutes of each other. So it's hard for the police to see. You know, what I'm saying, how much energy are they gonna put into those three murders when nobody knows those kids, nobody knows those names, and they all happen at the same time? Versus, like you said, a George Zimmerman, where he's already being, he's got so much attention. You know, what I'm saying, everybody gonna focus on him. So. Uh, yeah, it's it just bad in Chicago. Uh, it's bad all over, man. I just, I wish people would stop choosing violence. You know, I wish people understood that you you have a choice you don't have to choose killing your op. Like there is a way that you and the person that you hate can both coexist um, on earth at the same time, right? So I can hate you and you can hate me. And I'll mind my business over here and yeah. you can mind your business over there. That's because you have the maturity to process that. Yeah. Like I, wish, I wish people would understand that. Yeah. I wish they had a choice. It you don't have to kill them. Like, you know, and I you know, I've been in situations where I thought, you know what I'm saying, this is the only choice I got. And and thank God I've I've matured, like you said, and learned, but I just wish people would really, really yeah, because, take the time. It's a group think. It's group thing. So if I don't do this, then
2: everybody else is going to think this, which is, means they're going to do this. So it also depends on what life you live. So if I'm in the streets and I'm selling drugs and I'm doing this illegal stuff or whatever it may be, and somebody does something directly disrespectful and I do nothing against it, then now I'm bait. Now I'm soft. Now I have, now I'm easy. So it takes away your credibility from what you're doing. So some people feel like, which technically they are, you gotta, you either or you out. And unfortunately, that's just the process.
0: In the streets though, it's a lot of the times, a lot of the crimes are for things that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Disrespect is the number one, like you said, right? Mm -hmm. But like, I get an example without without getting into details.
2: Please don't get into details.
0: In Minnesota, one of the biggest rivalries started because two dudes was arguing over the same girl, right? So, and that's what happened in California between the Crips and the Bloods. Like, if you ask all the OG Crips and Bloods in all the days, back in the days, where these rivalries started with, I think it was the a Tray Gangsters and the Hoovers uh, started their rivalry, or, or maybe it's the a Trays and the 6 0 Anyway, one of them two started over a girl, but I know in Saint Paul for sure. I'm not gonna mention these two gangs because uh, I'm I still live here. But it all started over a girl, and and they killed this dude over a girl that neither one of them ended up with. And was it the girl actually, or was it the disrespect associated with the girl? Because a lot of times there's disrespect associated with women, but then they say women are the one that we fight over the women. But it was, I, seen the a, I seen you at a party with my girl. What are you doing? Your it's girl over Smith. the woman. Yeah, it's a I disrespect situation hard. over the woman opposed to. Yeah. I don't want to see you with my girl again. He seen uh-huh. him with his girl in the car. He ran up on the car and killed Dude. But why you and but then again it goes back to why you care about this girl? Mm-hmm. Obviously she ain't for you. But that beef started a whole gang yeah. war in St. Paul that ended up Escalating to you know, more and more killings where now if you live on the east side, you can't mess with uh, people that live on this side of town. And if you stay on this side of town and you come on the east side, then it might be problems with you. So this started a whole war over some females. So a lot of times, that's why I say, I wish people would understand that, that you don't, you have other choices other than pulling the trigger. Because people think they don't have no other choice uh, but to kill, and you got so many other options that I just wish, you know, I wish sometimes somebody would just take their time and pick another option other than trying to shoot and kill somebody. It's not needed. It's not needed. In other news, um, and I could go into the story about the four-year-old that found a gun in the crib and was shot and killed by their six-year-old brother. They were playing with guns in the house. Six-year-old found a gun, shot the four-year-old. It's just, yeah, you got to be careful. Uh, But uh, in other news that nobody cares about, a black realtor was showing a home to a black father and son and were handcuffed and detained in Michigan. And there was some semi-uproar about the story, um, but the way that the police handled the situation, uh, it kind of fizzled once the body cam footage was uh, released. Uh, but a black man was a realtor and he was showing a home to another black man and his son uh, looking to purchase a home. The neighbor called the police, said these black men are uh, breaking into the home. The police were called. They uh, pulled the black men out the home. Everybody had their hands up. There was in handcuffs. And uh, yeah, the police detained them. The black realtor was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> I don't know why you wear shorts and a T-shirt coming at home. So everybody was upset until they released the video camera and found out that the house had been burglarized by a car, the same car that the realtor drives. Somebody else burglarized that home a week before that drive that same car. So the police was like, well, you know, it was the same car that you drive. And the black man was like, you're right. My car do look like that car, <laughs> and he start, you know, he start jumping on the police team, and uh, I'm laughing because, like, anyway. So, hey, but
2: it takes two minutes to see the credentials, see the keys, show them that you have keys to the door, and then let the men go about their way. There's literally no reason to arrest anybody.
0: They're looking at the them.
2: picture right now, and they, they got the handcuffs.
0: Yeah, they that's got a handcuffs. Yeah, they got a That's all I'm saying. Oh. The, so the, the handcuffs
3: people, are handcuffs. there to make sure that nothing breaks out until they find out what's going on. They have a right to handcuff you to make sure that nothing goes down until they find out all this stuff that's going yeah, on. But
2: this goes into the conversation of what they do. This if it was three white dudes. I don't think they would handle it. No, them. we already know that. They but that's all. Heard. That's all.
3: That's it. That's all I care about. But we're talking, this is black people. We, they, yeah. we have a
2: different, but that doesn't, everything's but that, different. Right. And I'm saying, I agree it's different, but that doesn't make it, me okay with it. Like, I'm not okay with them handcuffing them at all. You wouldn't handcuff them if they was like We know that it's different for us. But I'm still not going to accept that you handcuff them without a conversation first. I'm not going to accept it. Now I'm going to understand that that's how we we're treated differently, and I understand that. I'm still not going to be okay with it, and that's all I was saying. I'm not okay with it. like that's not cool, and they need to like that. That's why I don't like it. Either. That's yeah. why I don't like it. Either.
0: Yeah, and they wouldn't, uh, you know, they wouldn't even uh, call the police on him if he was black. If he was not black, they wouldn't even call the police on. Him. And I, I'm looking at a picture of the dudes right now, and they do look a little scared. The real to look a little.
2: I'm just like, I'm just like. Yeah, but I, I get, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I get it to a degree, but once again, you would have the conversation even if the cops called. They would have a, they would talk to them before arresting them or putting them in handcuffs, not arresting them, detaining them, whatever you call it. They would have a literal conversation with them. People before, see their credentials before they escalated to the point of, freeze, put your hands up.
0: Call yeah, because they, they definitely had their weapons drawn on them. You know yes, what I'm saying? They had to walk out that. at gunpoint. You
2: read that part.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course they—they they had the gunpoint. They was—they was armed up. They was ready for the walkout. Uh, I, I don't like it, but where can you go? That's a better question. You know, any anytime you hear a black man, police, you know, grab your guns immediately. Um, and then um, I don't know if you've seen this video. Um, there was a video, uh, Instagram of a man being beat by the police. Did you see the video? Are you serious? and the black people surrounded this man. So, those three police officers, they were just repeatedly- Yeah, I was trying to pull it up, yeah. Punching this punching man- him in the face. In the face. Warning, the following video contains graphic images. Please be aware children may not want to see this portion of the video because the police are beating on a black man. Yeah. Come on, man. What the fuck? Gam-
2: item- Why complain- no, no,
3: <directoralities> no, no, <milkshake> oh, oh, Why
0: you no,
2: them Why you Stop, man, man. man, why you hit him? You man, let's This yeah.
1: Yeah. No. 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 yeah!
3: yeah! 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 yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: No hey fuck fuck
0: fuck fuck Hey, yeah, they threw a trash can. They tried to attack the police officer. Like, one of the dudes was really trying to fight the police to get a them. Eventually, it was so many dudes that came, they called for backup. Um, but they still never let that black man go. You know, they still detained him. Uh, they still had him in handcuffs. Yeah, but now that black man is about to get paid. Yeah. The police officer will get a slap on the wrist. But the way that they treated that man is... Uh, yeah. It's terrible, man, because there's no, there's no reason to punch this man repeatedly in his face. Mm-hmm. If you have two officers holding each of his hands, it's, uh, and, uh, yeah. um, all right, I'm gonna get into our topic of the day. So I wanted to talk about the Bible today. And uh, so for our topic of the day is, um, who wrote the Bible? I really wanted to get into uh, a discussion that I have frequently with people about the Bible, um, because I don't think really people know where the Bible that we read today comes from and how many versions of the Bible there are or there were or people claim there are and uh, why we have the version that we have today. Uh, So I just wanted to ask you guys this real question. Ain't no wrong answers, uh, but it's just for us all to learn. Does anybody know, uh, Bernita, this includes you, uh, does anybody know the year that the Bible that we read uh, was written? Without Googling it, Reggie. Say it
1: again,
0: Aaron. You know the year the Bible that we read, the Bible, the King James Version, the Bible that we read, do you know what year it was written?
1: B.C. I know that.
0: <laughs> BC. Dad, Before you got to guess?
3: I don't know what year.
0: Reggie, you got to go? guess? Uh, zero. Zero. <laughs> like, why am I supposed to know that? So the version of the Bible that we're reading right now, the King James Version, is definitely the most popular uh, translation of the Bible. Now, it was written in nineteen in 1611. So I'm going to give you a little history about it. Uh, in 1604, there was a king in England named King James I. And he authorized a new translation of the Bible. Uh, it was for his personal use, right? So he wanted to have a Bible that was translated into a, into a version that he can read, right? Because the Bible originally comes from um, different stories and collections. And and uh, some people, you know... Greek and Hebrew. The, yeah, Greek, Hebrew, the old and new... Uh, Different kind of things. So uh, 1604, he uh, decided to make a Bible that was published in 1611. And that same version has been published since then. And that's really the Bible that most of us uh, refer to today uh, was written in 1611. So starting in 1604, it took them seven years to collect all the stories and to form it the way that they wanted to form it and publish it. Um, But yeah, the Bible was written in 1611. So a lot of times uh, the main thing that I hear from black people when it comes to the Bible is all, you know, they wrote the Bible for us slaves. You know, the Bible was written by the white man so so that he can make us slaves. Uh, and it really wasn't written for us. And, you know, a lot of times I, I brushed it off as ignorance because I knew when the Bible was wrote because I could just do a simple Google search and do a little research and find out, right? Uh, but I did this on my own a long, long time ago. Uh, actually, we had to go to a library. But long story short, a lot of people say the Bible is written for slaves, uh, black men. Now, there is such thing as a slave Bible, right? So that's true. I don't know if you ever heard that. Have you ever heard of that before, Dad, Bernita? Are you serious? Have you ever heard of a slave Bible before?
2: Yes. No, yes.
0: Yeah,
2: I have. It's a different version. You said what? Yeah, there's a different version of the Bible that they gave and educated the slaves on than the ones that the white people would read or the ones that we read right now. So it's a completely different context, completely different. There's only like what? seven, eight chapters in the Bible. looks <laughs> something crazy. So yeah, oh, no. it's a completely different book.
0: So the Slave Bible is actually on display if you ever get a chance to go to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. And the name of the Slave Bible is Parts of the Holy Bible Selected for the Use of the Negro Slaves in the British West Indian Lands in London and as presented, printed by Law and Gilbert in 1808. So it's not clear why they made the changes, uh, but the slave Bible is actually a Bible that they gave to slaves that could that they would read to the slaves because obviously, as a slave, you you know you weren't allowed to read, uh, but they would omit a lot of the Old Testament. They only put about half of the New Testament's uh, parts in there, and um, yeah, it was it was different. But the Slave Bible was given to people in the Caribbean, so a lot of times people say, you know, the Slave Bible was was for the slaves in America, but um, that's not actually true. The Slave Bible did make its way to America, for sure, but it wasn't written for the slaves of America. So, uh, Bernita, have you ever heard of the Slave Bible before?
1: No, I have not never heard of the slave, the slave Bible before. And I didn't know that the King James Version was made in 1611. Um, I don't care for that version. I used to when I first got a Bible. But then I started using the NIV as the one that I use because I can understand it more. Mm-hmm. And mom gave me one that's like that. And it breaks it down more. So I don't feel like I'm reading something and then having no clue what I read.
0: But yeah, the King James Version is a... Is, uh... The Bible, and then, you know, the New International, uh, the English Bible, the modern, they're all versions of that. But the King James Version of the Bible is the base of what we all live by right now. But there were many versions of the Bible beforehand. And I remember last episode, we were talking mainly about who wrote the Bible, right? We were talking about Paul and how he wrote um, a lot of the Bible. And we were talking about how, you know, the Bible is all written, uh, is inspired by God's word. And, um, but we have different um, scholars that have said, like I thought, when I grew up, thinking Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Um, But they did some research, some religious research and found out it was three different people. They believe it was three different people. It was actually two different people and a group of preachers that wrote the first five books of the Bible, uh, and not actually Moses himself. Uh, Moses wrote a lot of it, um, but they think it was like Moses, somebody else, and then a group of scholars that wrote the Bible, um, which is is different. Hmm. Uh, They also believe that Paul wrote some of the Bible, but not all of the Bible. They believe Paul didn't start writing his portion of the Bible until 40 years after Christ had passed away. Uh, So it's just a lot to dig into about the Bible, right? But I just wanted to get into this main topic that, that a lot of, like, how much do we really know about the Bible that we live in our life based on, right? How much do we really know about the Old Testament, how much do we really know about the New Testament? How much do we really know about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Uh, so I read into this article on History.com, and I just want to go over it with you guys, and then I want to get your opinions on it, right? So according to History.com, the Old Testament is the first section of the Bible, uh, and we all know that it covers the creation of earth through Noah and flood. Uh, the Bible's Old Testament is very similar to the Hebrew Bible. Uh, which I guess is the origin of Bibles. Uh, But the Hebrew Bible is called the Septuagint. So following the conquest by Alexander the Great, the Hebrew Bible was translated into Greek in the third century BC. And known as the Septuagint, this Greek translation was initiated at the request of a king in Egypt to be included in the library of Alexandria. The Septuagint was the version of the Bible used by early Christians in Rome, and the Book of Daniel was written during this period, during the 3rd century B.C., and included the Septuagint at the last moment, though the text itself claims to have been written around 586 B.C. So I never heard of a Hebrew Bible. I just thought the Bible was written in Hebrew. Um, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of a Hebrew Bible named called the Septuagint? I don't
1: believe you. Do no. It's <laughs> that I think that my whole um, which is probably not the best thing to be able to say, but now that mom is gone, I used to always more seek her. I was just telling Trina that we were talking. Like when it came to actual stories, actual people who wrote the Bible actually was it what from what God said, was it what Paul said, whoever said it. I always used and depended on mom so much. That now that she's gone, I find myself like there's a scripture that I had read um, that she had told me a long time ago to ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten me and, and reveal what God's word is saying, right? And now that she's gone, I feel myself like I should have did it then because I kind of feel lost. I don't know what version is the best version. I don't really know everything that I'm interpreting. Am I really interpreting it the right way or who really said it or where it really came from? You know what I'm saying? So it's kind mm-hmm. of sad now that she's gone. Now I'm just like, okay, now I got to seek this out for myself.
0: Exactly. A little deeper. I should have did it then. Exactly. Like, I'll be good. Yeah. And that's that's, that's that's my point as a Christian. We should really know uh, a little bit more. And we got to seek out and find for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, again, the King James Bible, I just want to give us a background on where it's from. This is, again, according to history.com. it's pretty pretty much well known that this is fact so the king James bible is the most well known edition Uh, but in england it was known as the authorized version first printed in 1611 this edition of the bible was commissioned in 1604 by king james after feeling political pressure from the puritans and the calvinists demanding church reform and calling for a complete restructuring of church hierarchy so in response james called for a conference at Hampton Court Palace during which it was suggested to him that there should be a new translation of the Bible since versions commissioned by earlier monarchs were felt to be corrupt. So King James eventually agreed and decreed the new translation to speak in contemporary language back then using common recognizable terms. So James' purpose was to unite the warring religious factions through a uniform, holy text. So this version of the Bible was not altered for 250 years and is uh, credited as the biggest influences on the English language alongside the works of Shakespeare. But the King James Bible um, was created by King Uh to unite factions. Now I've never, I've heard that story before. I mean, I just read it and I did some research before but before I never heard it, I never heard it. it. before i never heard, heard it, i never heard it. I did I never, I never even questioned where the King James Bible came from. I thought it just came from God.
2: Uh-huh.
0: It was crazy. King James crazy. came from God. <laughs> oh, the no. Bible, the King James version of the Bible. I thought it was just the Bible. You know what I'm saying? It's just the Bible
3: is nothing more than a bunch of scrolls and art, artifacts that were discovered in caves and and in big and Places a long time ago that was put together and put interpretation. That's why without the Holy Spirit, the Bible is nothing. It's no good. Because as a Christian, Christians have nothing to do with what you know. Being a Christian has nothing to do with your knowledge of what you know. Being a Christian has everything to do with what you believe. What you know and what you believe are, has totally different things. So what you know, because how many scribes and how many people have studied the Bible? I mean, you got people that have been studying the Bible for centuries and they still don't know everything. So there's no way that you can know everything that's in the Bible, that's impossible. But you can believe what you know. You can believe something, you can study the Bible. You don't just take what's written in the Bible for for what it says. You have to study it. You have to look at the contents, context of what you're reading. What happened before? What happens after? You have to look at is there agreement in the Bible to what's been written? You have to look at so many different things before you say say that you know something. But you know the whole Bible, whole Christianity is based on faith. Christianity is based on what you believe that Jesus Christ came to earth and through virgin birth you have to believe that because there's no way to prove it and it's not and it doesn't sound like anything can really happen. it hasn't happened since. so you have to believe that and you have to believe that he died that he that he walked the earth for three years, 33 years and died on the cross and on the third day Christ God raised him from the dead. That's what you have to believe to be a Christian. So that's based on faith. That's not based on knowledge. That's Nobody went back and had to research all that before they got saved. So it's based on what, you, what your faith is, what you believe. And so once you get saved, the only thing that you should use the Bible for is to expand your faith. But if you're researching it to try to, to cut into your faith, then you're using the Bible the wrong way. It's it's no good to you. It should only build your faith. If it's not building your faith, then it's useless works. Uh, What good is it? But the Bible, Christians' Bible is written on faith. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why Charlotte always said, talk to the Holy Spirit once you're studying. If you're studying the Bible without asking the Holy Spirit, without praying in tongues, without asking him for interpretation then you, the devil can lead you into all kinds of things because he works with knowledge. The devil's going to work in your knowledge to try to get you because I guarantee you that all that studying is not so that you can gain more faith. All that studying is so you can gain more doubt so that you can justify your doubt and justify mm-hmm. your reasoning. It's not going to build your faith in the whole The thing of the bible is based on faith if there's no faith then there's no there's no need see that and we talked about earlier you know the gun violence and these kids is because they have no hope they have no hope so they can go out and kill people because they have no hope they don't even believe they're going to live to be 25 most of them because they have no hope for the future the bible is supposed to give you something to hope for you know is hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so faith is a substance of what you hope for. If you have nothing to hope for, then you have nothing to put your faith on. If you have nothing to put your faith on, then the Bible is no good to you. And so it's just something to argue with people about. That's why you never, ever argue the Bible with somebody who first ain't a Christian because it wasn't written for people that are not Christians. The Bible was not written for the unsaved. The Bible was written for saved people who have, have accepted Christ. So, the whole purpose is to get you to accept Christ and then to teach you how to live through faith in Christ. And so, all the studying and all the, you know, getting all the books and all the different versions, because all the versions are it's just another person's version of what they read. And so if you, that's all you're going to do is go from version to version, then you're just going from one person's interpretation to another person's interpretation. But what's your interpretation? You should be able to interpret the Bible for yourself through the Holy Spirit. How does that? What does that have to do with you personally living your life today? Whether it was written by King James or King George or King Jesus, don't matter who wrote it. But what matters is what it matters to you, what you believe, that it matters to you. Do you believe that it's enough to get you saved? Do you believe in there's going to be a heaven? you believe there's going to be a hell? If you don't believe that, then that's the first place you need to, that's all you need to do is get saved. First of all, that's your first thing. Get saved. Get the get knowledge. And then once you get the knowledge, the Bible never says what you know about the Bible will save you. He said what you believe will save you. So it's, it's, knowledge will just get you in trouble. Because if it doesn't, if the knowledge doesn't build your faith in God, then it's wrong knowledge. See, because a lot of people are out there trying to dispute the Bible, trying to cut it down. Because first of all, they don't believe in it in the first place. And so their job is just to cut it down, tear it apart. Fine. that's That's what you believe, then that's fine. You do what you believe. That has nothing to do with what I believe. My faith is that I got hope for something. There's a hope for a future and an expected end. If there's no hope, then you have nothing to put faith for because faith doesn't work by itself. First, you gotta have something to hope because it says faith is a substance. Faith gives material credence to what you hope for and it's evidence of what you don't see. So that's what Christians are supposed to be living by faith. We're not living by knowledge. We're not living by what, what people have discovered and who, what scholars have said. All that, that's, that's Catholic faith. They go by scholars and what all the scholars do and learn all the Hebrew. You have to learn how to speak Hebrew and learn how to speak Greek. And I don't need to learn how to speak none of that stuff because I don't speak Hebrew, I don't speak Greek. What I need to know is going to be in English. And so I need, I can talk to the Holy Spirit. He can interpret the scripture to me for me. It might not be for nobody else, but I know it's for me. And so, you know, me and your mom, we disagreed a lot of times on scripture, you know, but because she was a pastor, I never would say anything in public because that would be disrespectful for her office. But we didn't agree on everything. You know, I still believe things that she didn't never believe. But she was following after what she was taught. See, and she was taught for years and years and years, but it nef- definitely wasn't the right teaching for years and years and years because now it's changed. So what you, taught, what you were taught all them years back turns out to be wrong. Then, you know, what does that say? It says that, you know, your faith is what people tell you, then your faith is wrong. If your faith is based on what people have told you, then you need to probably redirect your faith because what, like Bernice just said, now this mom's gone, so you don't know what to do because your faith is based on what somebody else said instead of being based on what you've learned for yourself by studying the Bible for yourself, by asking the Holy Spirit to interpret that for you. You know, and like there's uh, strong concordances that you can use, you know, for each, because that's where all this stuff comes from. It's from, if you look at the strongest concordance to a one word, there's a concordance number for every word in the Bible. If you look at that, that strong concordance for one word, it can give you six or seven or eight different words for that one word. And each version of the Bible is using a different version, a different word from that concordance and just making it into another sentence. So it's all other people's interpretation of the Bible. All we need to learn, first of all, for the Bible is have to believe about Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the, is the teaching that Christ gave us on how to walk on the earth as a Christian. The rest of it is teachings for the church. You know, Paul had teachings. He went from church to church, teaching churches that were having problems. People, anytime you get a group of people together, and they want to have this discuss and believe something, you're going to have some problems because they're people, they're humans. And so sometimes in order to teach humans, you have to use human intellect or depending on the times, you know, the day and the times. So you have to look back at, okay, at the time that he was teaching that, you know, so Paul did a lot of that. He taught a lot in context to where he was at, but people don't read that. They don't study that. They don't, you know, they don't put that into account you know, what you got to go back to is the basics of who's, who's God, do you know who God is, do you know what he's basically about? Love, kindness, forgiveness, understanding, and inclusion. God is inclusive. You know, we are not inclusive, but God is all inclusive, but we don't have doctrines about it. You don't change the doctrine just because he wants to include you, you know, you don't let somebody, you know, I can include people in my house that drink and smoke, but I don't change the rules of my house just because they do it. You still can't drink and smoke in my house. You can do whatever you want when you get out of my house. But in my house, you're welcome to come in my house. You're welcome. To, but you're going to abide by my rules while you're in my house. I'm not going to change my doctrine just because to satisfy you because you think you should be able to smoke or you should be able to drink. You know, it's the same thing with God. God's going to include you, but he ain't going to change his mind about what he said. You know, so the the difference is people are arguing about what he said because they don't want to believe what he said. So the arguments are always to take you away from belief in God. If their argument is about taking you away from what God God said and what what God believes, then that argument is futile. You shouldn't be arguing. That's not going to help you. That's not gonna benefit you. How's it gonna benefit you it's not gonna strengthen your faith and your faith is the only thing that you can use to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because God is a God, you have to believe that God exists. First of all, that's faith. You know, you can't see God on it, you can't see God, you don't hear God, you can't touch God, you can't smell God. So that's faith, it's a belief, not knowledge. There's no knowledge that can tell you where God is and how, where he lives and all that stuff. You have to go by faith. So, But I'm going to get off of that, <laughs> <laughs> that soapbox.
0: Um, okay, so we got into the who uh, wrote the who or wrote the Bible or where the Bible came from. Um, but I really didn't get into details of the why. And it kind of coincides with what you just said there. If it doesn't help build your faith, then why are you studying it, right? Or, or you have to question um, the reasoning. So for me, it kind of kind of proves, you know, like the devil killed Jesus because he thought it was going to destroy it. And what he did was he started a religion. He started Christianity. He started, he started some, he he finished God's work. He thought he was, he, he thought he was doing something else. Right. And then the Bible says with all, for all good, um, everything works to the good of God. Right. So I wanted to get into the why the King James Bible was broke down. And the reason why, like I said, I'm going into this and using this as a topic is that, so not only do we have the knowledge, um, but that we, we, something that we don't know that we didn't know. Um, but also, you know, maybe to spark your, your interest in, in, not you guys specifically, but anybody that may listen to this, and just doing some research on your own. And uh, when I say research, like like Dad said, um, I'm not questioning the Bible, right? So when I'm doing this and I'm finding it out, I'm not doing this so that I can question the words that are in the Bible or or the story of the Bible or any of that. Because like Dad said, the Bible is, is more of what you believe, right, in and the older you get, and the more you read the Bible, you realize it's stories, like he said, scrolls, and different things. Um, but it's more of what you believe, and that's another reason why the Bible was even written in the first place. So we got into the who. We know it was King James the first of England. Before he was in England, uh, he was King James the sixth of Scotland, right? So a lot of times it was he's King James the sixth of Scotland. And then in 1603, uh, he kind of took over England. So he became King James I of England. Uh, but when he became in office, there was kind of a problem going on. Just a little history lesson uh, brought to you by history.com. And I, I'll just give him his immediate processor was Queen Elizabeth I. She ordered the execution of his mother, Mary Queen of the Scotland, who were representing a Catholic threat to Elizabeth Protestant reign. So even through Elizabeth, she established the supremacy of the Anglican Church more than the Protestant Church, right? So it was a beef between the the Protestants and then the uh, Catholics, we should say, right? So King James got rid of Queen Elizabeth, took over the King of England. But at the time, there was two different things going on. So the people that would go to church, they would read something called the Bishop's Bible. So when the people would go to church, they would be read the Bishop's Bible. But in their homes, a lot of the Protestant reformers in England, they were reading something called the Geneva Bible, uh, which had been created by uh, a group of people in the city who had left uh, Queen Elizabeth's reign and her sister Mary's reign. So the new king, the Geneva Bible, kind of posed a political problem to him because the people were reading this Bible and realizing that they didn't have to be subject two um, kings and the king's rules uh, as much as, as the, the, uh, the Bishop's Bible was telling them. So the King James wanted to combine the Bishop Bible and the Geneva Bible. So what he did was he said that, you know, they're not wrong, they are right. Uh, but this Bible isn't wrong either. And we got to find a way to put them both together so, it's, so in 1604, he, t- he gave like 50 people around the time, some of the best scholars, uh, he gave them a charge to put together a translation of the Old Testament from Hebrew, the New Testament from Greek, the Apocrypha, uh, which is another version from Greek and Latin, put them all together along with the teachings of William Tyndale who also translated the first version of the bible in english from from greek to english in 1525 Uh, but he also got killed because they said he was uh, a kid but anyway so from 1604 to 1611 for seven years about 50 scholars and theologians worked to translate all these different books of the bible and take the geneva bible and the principles in that bible and take the bishop's bible and the principles in that bible and combine them together to make what we have now which is the king james version So, and then they wanted to bring it directly to the people because the people were going to revolt, which they ended up revolting anyway. But the people, you know, they felt like, like the kings and the bishops and the queen, they were all, you know, being corrupt. They were holding back from the people. They weren't allowing them to get close to God because a lot of the bishops at that time were still living off of. Uh, old testament rulings which is, is evident in the catholic church today which is why you have to go to confess your sins to a, a, a priest um, it's all kind of the same thing <clears throat> so his attempt of creating the bible was to unite his people so there wouldn't be a war uh, but even 10 years after he got it it was still the english civil war uh which was which was what he was trying to avoid by creating the bible So a lot of people don't understand and nobody's, I'm pretty sure you guys have never heard that story, but the Bible was created to to keep peace. Kind of like in America, when they freed the slaves in order to keep peace, it really wasn't so much that that the slavery was good. So he wasn't really so much into the Bible where he was like, I love, I love this version. He was just like, well, this is the version that we got. This is the version that the people got. We need to figure out what the truth is, and the best truth between all of them, and and so we can keep peace, so we don't have a war. That's kind of why the Bible uh, was created. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are you serious, Bernita? There uh, any thoughts on on that, or you know, have you ever heard that? Does that make sense um,
2: for me? I guess um, it kind of goes into what I was saying the last was it the last podcast. Excuse me. I was talking about like the interpretation of the Bible and what it actually means and how I digest it. And because of the versions and people writing it and things like that and all this, this information that you're talking about right now, it makes me just understand more like the Bible is for interpretation, not necessarily word for word verbiage. Like the sentiment of what they're saying, you should follow. So obviously you shouldn't be killing people. That's something to ease it but other things have nuance to it in context like Pop's was saying earlier and i think that for you to for us to say that we are something and then to have a book to guide us in that and yet none of us the majority of us don't know what it is what's in it what it means and how to use it on a day-to-day life is very very interesting and i mean that specifically for the um like extreme right-wing Christians, like they, they have a Bible and the base of it is love, right? So that's what I personally think. I think the base of the Bible is acting on love. And if you act on love continuously throughout your life, you'll abide by the Bible. I think that you'll be safe. I think that everything will be easier and abide by the Bible. But once you start to do other things outside of love, Saying one person is better than the other or you don't like this because you hate this and they need to kill this and you need to stop this and you need to do this based off of personal things outside of love, then that's when we get sketchy, right? So for me, even when they talk about the abortion and like people are pro-choice or pro-life, pro-life the isn't pro-life. Pro-life is (laughs) pro-birth, but it's not pro-life. Right. Because once those same people that are pro-life are the same people that say you shouldn't get any type of free medical health care or things of that nature. So I think that if we would base things off of love and then take the in inserts from the Bible and help us love, because like, uh, it's like, you like Pops was saying, you'll find whatever you want to find if you go looking specifically for that. So if you want to back something up for you to not like homosexuality, you can try to find something that will back it up without context behind it. So I think if we focus on finding things with our focus on love in the Bible, then I think that we'll be better off in general for our interpretations. Because a lot of times we tend to look for them. But well, what do I, I, I need to find something to make me feel better because I'm sad? But you need to find the love point within that, and it'll make more sense. Well, I want to get prosperous, and I want to build, and I want to grow, and I want to be successful. Find the love in that, and then you'll you'll have a better understanding of the Bible, I think, personally. But I think our focus isn't on love. Our focus is on other things that we want personally, outside of love. And that's why we have so many different interpretations of the Bible because we're not focusing on love. But that's just that's just me. Once again,
0: I went to school online. What do I know? Went to school online. What do I know? Yeah. Uh, nah. I definitely believe what you said is also what Jesus says in the Bible, right? He says love is the greatest thing, and then everything else will come under that, right? It says love God first. With all your heart and then love thy neighbor as thyself. That's it. That was his rule, right? That, that's his commandment.
2: And that's what
0: love. I'm saying. Yeah, love. That's right. Oh, no, Need, but Dad, you guys got any other comments on the story of why the Bible was created?
1: I. I this is Nita. I was talking to the waitress at first, so I couldn't talk in the beginning. But I do, uh, first off, I do agree with Reggie that it is about knowing how to love, what love looks like and operating in that form. I think that the Bible was created because people were needing direction. So when Adam and Eve messed up and then all the different generations were made, people needed some way, somehow to carry on the message other than just verbally of what you need to do and how you need to do it. And there was motives and there was agendas to some of the people that wrote the Bible and what they said. But ultimately, if um, if you seek it, if you're reading it and meditating on it and you're listening to what God is saying in the Bible in reference to his character and the love, then I think you'll get out of the Bible what was truly intended from God when he gave the message to the people that wrote it. Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah, So I do, I completely agree with Reggie. I do think it is about just knowing love, love, love. For God so loved the world he gave his son. So all his actions is based on the love that he has for us. And so we operate in that same form when we're reading the word and we're taking forth or doing, going about our day then I think that we'll be successful. And then the purpose, if any agenda was made that wasn't of God, you won't fall into.
0: And it's kind of also what dad said, Um, you know, dad, he kind of already gave his opinion on it. Uh, If you want to jump in, you can, Uh, but yeah, you know, he kind of said that Uh, my point is, is if you read the Bible, then you will understand that, that, Okay. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to discredit the Bible, right? I'm not. I'm actually, in fact, what I really want to do is when Moses was around, he didn't have a Bible. He just had faith, right? And he had to tell his people. When Noah was around, Noah didn't have a Bible. Noah just had faith. And everybody that followed Noah didn't have Bibles. They just had faith. And then they collected the stories. So these are just stories of people living with God. And, you know, back in the day, Jesus... And God will come down and talk to you. So I think that a lot of times people get caught up in these type of things about the Bible. Well, who wrote it or why was it written or when it was written? And it was written for black men to be slaves. And and I gave you all these facts. But the biggest fact that I want to share with everybody is that the Bible is still God's word at the end of the day. Um, and it's just just. You know, in the Bible, it says if a man um, doesn't eat a certain kind of food and he does it for God, as long as he's doing it for the Lord, then he's saved. And, uh, you know, if, if like Dad said, if, if if he don't allow smoking and drinking in his house, then for the sake of him, we're not going to smoke and drink in his house. Right. And if, he do, and if he doesn't smoke and drink because he's doing it for the Lord, then, then he's blessed. If I'm doing, if I smoke and drink and I say I'm doing it for the Lord, then I'm blessed, right? So a lot of times, if you take time to read the Bible, a lot of times people question the Bible and have no no idea. So I I brung those things up because nobody really knows where the Bible is from. A lot of times people uh, don't take time to do that type of research. Um, And it's really not hard, you know, especially with the Internet nowadays. You can Google it and you can spend two hours going through different websites so you can get different versions and verify, uh, which is what I did. Um, Yeah, but I think
2: that what you just said is very key on how people can become extremists very quickly. Because the same way that you said I won't do something is the same exact reason someone said they will do something and be blessed for those actions. So you can take an extremist and be like, well, I don't kill (laughs) because of God and I'm going to be blessed or I'm going to kill because of God, and I'm going to get blessed. So there's a very fine line and a very dangerous line with that statement because everything in context needs to be addressed, and that's the issue, and that's the thing that most people don't. Sometimes people are too worried about getting to the point when the point is the context. So you can't get to the point or you can't get to the source of it without actually talking about the context of it. So a lot of times people get irritated with me because they'll ask me a question, but it's hard for me to answer a question if I feel I need context. Because to me, my answer varies, obviously, based off of context. And then people be like, well, I was just asking you a general question. Well, that doesn't work with me. My answer depends on the context, depending on what that question is. So if you're asking me if I'm going to kill or not kill for God, there's context involved in it and what needs to happen, and why, and where. So a lot of people, once again, they get upset with me, or they get irritated, like you just can't answer the simple question. You just can't answer a direct question. (laughs) You don't know how to ask me a direct question, and people need to start asking more direct questions when it comes to religion and Christianity specifically, because there's so much nuance and context that people don't apply. And it goes right back to what Pops was talking about with women preaching in the church. You need context into what that was for me to give you my answer on if I believe women should speak in church or not. And if you're talking about just speak, well, no, because it'll interrupt the service. But if you're talking about actually preaching and giving the gospel of God, well, of course, Like there's two different, that's what I'm saying. Like there's two different questions. The same question can be answered two different ways if you're not giving me context into what you mean by speak in church. Are you talking about just regular having a conversation during the service? Of course not. If you're talking about preaching the word and preaching to the people and giving them and feeding them, then yes, they should. And that's where I feel like the Bible and a lot of people have an issue with because they're just like, well, whatever, just rush through it and just give me that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have to go through the layers. People don't want to go through the work. They want to just get the results, and that's the problem, especially with Christianity. They don't want to read the Bible. They don't want to go through and get the interpretations and develop an understanding of it. They just want to get the understanding and go. Well, what does that mean? Well, just tell me what it means and I can go with it. I can't do that with the Bible. You have to tell you what it means, but you have to study and do the work, and then put the context to it, and then you'll understand that Bible verse. There, there is no cheat sheet. There is no skipping, skipping steps. It's either you do the work and you understand it completely, or you don't do the work, and then you you open yourself up to a lot of a lot of things that aren't Christian and Christ-like.
0: I agree. I mean, yeah. yeah, you made me think of something that um, I just saw. Um, on The Breakfast Club, the interview with Nick Cannon. And he, and he was asking, people asked him, why you have so many women, uh, kids by so many women? And his answer, you know, Nick Cannon is like super smart, right? He got like doctor's degrees on doctor's degrees. And, and uh, his answer was, well, marriage itself is a Eurocentric concept that was created to define property. And his answer was so smart that they really didn't understand what he was saying and what he was saying was if you go to the history of something and you find out the history of it uh the history of it it doesn't apply to me right so he's like the eurocentric concept of being married to one man and one woman people was marrying people's daughters for property or for animal or for wealth you know that's why you would have one woman or one one husband and things like that so uh, it just makes me think of different people people's views on subjects and people's views on things that they live their life by their whole life uh, sometimes never come into question. Um, and context is uh, very important you know especially when the, when you read in the Bible to understand the context of why God would tell you, a God would tell Moses that thou shalt not kill. Uh, but then that same God would tell his people that they do have to kill everybody. They have to kill men, women, children, and animals. And if they don't kill them, then they're going to be at fault. You know what I'm saying? Like the same God would tell somebody that thou shalt not steal. But then the same God would also tell them, I want you to pl- the, uh, kill these people and take all their stuff. And that's how you're going to build your wealth. You know what I'm saying? The same God would tell David, would build David's wealth. David got rich by killing people and taking their stuff. That's how David got rich. People don't, you know, they read the Bible, they don't really pay attention to, to the little nuances. Uh, uh, and David was a man of God's own heart, but David was a killer. You understand I me? Mean, that's how
1: he got There's paid. so much that you always bring enlightening that I have to like when you guys are even going to talk about Peter and Paul before. I don't that's why i said i have to read it more for myself so i can get more into each of the individual stories of who they are how they came about and the different stuff that they did because i didn't even know that you know know that about david i know his whole story about bathsheba and i know that he um had her husband killed you know what i mean i knew that but i don't even know his whole story david and goliath
0: he killed goliath he He killed that man
1: but he had to kill him because he,
0: he chose to kill that man
1: but goliath is coming against god's people
0: yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. that
1: was to me that was a justified i mean you had to right and then, right. i
0: mean david is the same person who wouldn't kill saul who tried to kill him right but he right. killed all the people in saul's army you understand what i'm saying he killed the person that told saul that killed saul he killed them you understand what I'm saying? So, like, it just like context, like Reggie was saying. If you if you read the Bible, uh, you just got to read it with it with like Dad said, understanding, but also like Reggie said, with with <laughs> some context in mind.
2: I just watched a great
0: interview with Tyler
2: the Creator on um, what is it? Pop, not Power One, uh, Hot Nine Seven with Ebro. Okay. in the morning, and he said something very smart. He was like, "Yo, uh." I don't know the word he kept saying, but he was like, um, he said a certain word, but the the meaning was, he was like, somebody comes to me and they're like, I've never heard your music outside. I'm outside all day. I don't ever hear your song. How did you become the number one record in the world? But But they're right, because his outside isn't my outside, right? So a lot of people create their own world. So in these aspects of like the Bible and things like that, we don't have the same perspective or the same type of intake. So the things that we experience aren't the same as everybody else. So what a lot of people's experience and what they're saying is true based off of what their life is and what they've experienced. And that's what's hard about the interpretation of the Bible and how we digest it all. So once again, you're outside, you've never heard my song. I'm, I, there's been plenty of times where everybody in this call right now, there could be the number one song in the world. Everybody in their
0: grandmama, I guess, is listening to it, but you have never heard it. Nah, no, right is. now. Number one album in the country, I have not heard one. In the world, in the world. It's number one album in the world. I have not heard one, one song yet. But that's
2: because and people didn't even And know, I'm a DJ. Know. People don't know do what music the album on the radio is.
0: Every day, right, but that's what
2: I'm saying. So it it applies to the Bible as well. Like we have our own bubbles in our own worlds, and we're not exposed to. So we think people just are ignorant in the aspect that they don't know no better. Or your world is my is the only world that matters. So I don't be listening. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm not around that. So I don't. But you have to realize everybody's everybody's right and wrong at the same time because it's based off of the world that you live in and the bubble that you're in. There's a, I couldn't name you the last top 10 country songs. I don't even know if they make country music anymore. You see what I'm saying? Like I don't listen to it. When was the last time you heard an alternative rock song on the radio? You don't hear that as much, when we was growing up, all you heard was that Blink 182 and all that weird, not weird, but all that different music that, you know, that we grew up on yeah. based off of our environment now. You select what you want to hear. There's no more.
0: You gotta you listen just, to the radio, yeah.
2: Unless you're on social media, and they—that's the only reason. That's the only way that uh, songs pop now is because of social media, TikTok things. We all have to be on the same way. And now, because radio isn't the thing anymore, and we create our own, our own music, it's like the like we're creating our own Bible. Everybody's creating their own verses. Everybody's creating their own word based off of their environment, and what they're around. No,
0: that's true, that's true.
2: Okay,
3: but to get back to the question of why the Bible was written, I'll tell you why it was written. Because we are a hard-headed, stiff-necked, unappreciative human beings. And God never intended to have to write a Bible for us to listen to him. If you look at the Bible, when Jesus died, He said this, he says, I'm going to the father and I will send you another comforter who will teach you all things that you need to know. That's the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, when I go, I'm going to send you some people to write a book. And then you're going to have to go and look in that book and find out how to live your life. See, we're not the only people we're supposed to be listening to is the Holy Spirit and God as our guide and, our, and, our, and, our, and to give us direction. But we don't do that. We don't have a relationship with God. We don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. How much time do we spend every day with the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking to the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit? If you spend more time with the Holy Spirit, you won't have to spend as much time trying to find out what the Bible says about something. Because the Holy Spirit is a person who inspired the people who wrote the Bible. You know, so for me, I like getting as close to the original as I possibly can. Get to the authentic person that I possibly can to find out the truth about something. The original, the most authentic person you can go to to find out the truth about the Bible or God's word is the Holy Spirit. And this world refuses to do that. God gave us the Holy Spirit, he's in us. We're all, when you get born again, you get the Holy Spirit. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. Now, whether you wanna do, people don't wanna do that. That's why you have a Bible. He said, okay then, here's a Bible. Here's a bunch of people that are stiff necked hard necked and stubborn, just like you, who wrote a bunch of stuff and put in a book for you to live your life. And you have to go by what they say now, since you don't want to go by what I say. That's why the Bible was written. That's why Jesus never was supposed to happen. God intended us to listen to him and go by his rules and his regulations, go by his prophets and his teachers. But we were too stubborn, too, because we are, you know, It tells you, right, because he wouldn't even use one of us to bring Jesus Christ into the world. So that tells you something right there. Now, he he didn't want to use our human DNA to create somebody to teach us. So he had to use his own DNA, the Holy Spirit. So the reason why the Bible was written, because we are too stubborn, too hard-headed to listen to what God said through the Holy Spirit to guide us. We're not going to listen to the Holy Spirit. We're not going to go by what the Holy Spirit tells us because we don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We don't spend enough time with the Holy Spirit. We don't spend enough effort to seek the Holy Spirit and to his guidance. Because once you start seeking the Holy Spirit, then the devil's going to come and tell you those doubts in your head. And you start listening to your head instead of your heart. See, because most of us, are, we've been taught to get a download from our head instead of an upload from our spirit. Because if you would listen to your spirit more than your, than you listen to your head, then you would get a whole lot more knowledge and, and insight and wisdom. But our head, see, the only problem with our head is, the devil has access. The devil has access to your mind. He has access to your thoughts. He can't make you do anything, but he can shoot ideas and he can shoot thoughts into your mind to cause you confusion and delusions. But if you learn how to ignore it in your head and start paying attention to your spirit being the inside of you, you will find out that you will learn a lot more. But don't be surprised if people don't agree with you. See, the problem is we want everybody to agree with us. We want people to agree with what we, we agree with, what we, what we learn. You know, the Holy Spirit just told me this, told me that, blah, blah. blah. We walk, try to tell people, and they'll be like, Man, you crazy. Ain't nobody telling you to do that. That ain't in this. That ain't in the Bible. That ain't that ain't what the Bible says. That ain't. And so we start doubting what we already know the Holy Spirit told us. Well, if the Holy Spirit is talking to you, it ain't in the Bible yet because it's coming from you directly from God. So it ain't going to be in half of us is not going to be in there. Now, the Bible might have something to, that helps you to justify or to, to uh, you know prove that it's from the Holy Spirit because God's not going to change he hasn't changed anything so you know that's why we got to stop listening so much to our head start listening to our heart and our spirit being and that's how that's why the Bible was written because we're not going to do that. we're stubborn, we're hard-headed we're disobedient, I mean, there's a whole list of things that God talked about people man would do in the last days, a whole list, disobedient, stiff-necks, don't listen to your parents, hard-headed, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. And that's why the Bible was written, because we are like that. And, we, and God has been trying to talk to us personally for centuries, along centuries, trying to talk to man personally, and man don't want to pay attention to him or either they don't want to obey Either way, this. So he's like, here, take this. Well, all we get is the seconds. The Bible, written Bible, is seconds. Is uh, you know that's alternative to something that God wanted for us. But when you look at it, Jesus, the last things that he said, he said, "I will send you another comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will teach you all things." But we ain't listening to him. We want the Bible. We're still going by the Bible. The Bible has become an idol now to most people. You know, it was an idol to the Pharisees and the scribes. That's why Jesus had to come and contradict everything that they heard in the Bible. You know, because they started worshiping the, the, the law more than they were worshiping God. You know, they started worshiping the law more than the lawgiver. And so Jesus had to come and say, you know, yeah, it said that, but this is what I'm saying today. Are you going to pay attention to God today? Or are you still going to go by what's written in that book yesterday? So, you know, that's why, you know, I I I have a Holy Spirit. I have a big relationship with the Holy Spirit. I know. I've watched him do some. I mean, I've gone through a whole class and got A's without opening up a book on the subject that I had never studied before just by letting the Holy Spirit teach me. And tell me what to say and what to do. So I know I've gone through jobs. I've done jobs that I never knew I could do before. Because of the Holy Spirit, I'll sit down and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to do this. But you do. And so I'll just start typing. Next thing so, you know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, you know, that's why, you know, that's why the Bible was written, because we don't have we don't have enough sense to listen to God directly. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship. You don't want to have to go through a book to get a relationship. He wants a relationship with us personally. He wants a personal relationship. And then he's love. So you know if you have a personal relationship with God, you're not going to do nothing but love you, love people and love yourself. First, you're going to have to learn how to love yourself. That's a big problem. Most people in this world don't love their own self. So how can they love somebody else? They haven't learned how to love themselves first and that's what the holy spirit wants to teach us how to love yourself first despite all your flaws despite all your you know imperfections and your perfections despite your greatness how to love yourself because you would think that you know if that was all about them that you know you got people that send books all over the world and published and got oscars and got nominations to everything that you could think of and they go home at night and cry because they're miserable. Why is that? Because they have no relationship with God. They have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. So that's why the book was written. The Bible is not the primary source from God. It's a second. Otherwise, it wouldn't be able to be contradicted. It wouldn't be able to be argued. You can't argue with God. How do you argue with God? You can't argue with God, but you can argue with the Bible because there's the devil can make contradictions for you. The devil knows the Bible from cover to cover, word for word. He just wants to know what you know so that he can see, oh, you got that wrong. So I know I can take, I can get you, you know, I can get you on that because you you just quoted something wrong. But if you're quoting the Holy Spirit, you're saying God for the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my spirit and said this, there's nothing he can say about that. There's no way he can contradict that except to tell you you ain't listening to your head. You're right. I ain't listening to my head. I'm listening to my heart. Listen listening to my spirit. So that's why the Bible was written. But, you know, this is for people that are weak and can't understand, don't have that relationship yet, hasn't built that life. So until you do that, you use the Bible as a guide to get you to a point where you can listen to God for yourself, that you can listen to the Holy Spirit for yourself because you've built a relationship with him and you know him, you know, you know him from front to back,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know? So relationships is what God wants. It's like when you have a relationship with a person, you know, you got a, you got a relationship with Trisha. You don't have to call Trisha every time you go to the store to see what she wants. You know what she wants. You know, I already know. I. When I went to the store, I already knew what Charlotte wanted. I didn't have to call her and say, I'm at the store. Uh, What do you want to eat? You know, I'd do it, but she wouldn't say anything anyway. So I already knew what she wanted. So I just get what I know who she is based on who they are, based on her relationship. I get what I know she wants. And that's the same thing with God. You build a relationship with God instead of trying to build a relationship with the Bible which is from God, you know, get closer to God. You only use the Bible as a means to get closer to the source. You know, you don't worship, you know, you don't, you get in your car is used to get you from one point to another, but you don't worship the car. You use the car to get you where you want to go. Then you get out of the car and now you're where you want to go. You know, but people get to the point where they start worshiping the car. You know, that's, that's just transportation. It might it looks better for some than others, but I can guarantee you the best car that you get that you think is the best car in the world, somebody else is going to think it's crap. <laughs> so it's about personal relationships, it's about your personal thing between you and God and the Holy Spirit.
0: I think um, that that example you just used is probably the best example I've ever heard, uh, literally. Yeah, the Bible, you use it as a car. You are just trying to get where you're trying to go. you yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good example, man. Um, all right. Well we gotta get up out of here. It's two twenty. It's your boy DJ Double O G. We got Are You Serious? We got Dad, we got knee buddy in the building. Uh, this has been the Real Family Time Podcast, episode twenty-four. We are rap for the day. Uh we was just, you know, getting into the word, figuring out why they wrote the Bible, why, why, how, why, all of that. Um. Any last words from anybody before we uh sign off today?
1: I just want to say through everything that we just talked about, I still think that main scripture everybody needs to focus on is Romans ten nine, making sure that they confess with their mouth that God is God, Jesus is Jesus, Lord the Lord, and died on the cross so that they can be saved, so they can be saved and have eternal life. That oh. is that is the importance.
0: Romans ten nine. That's what's so. up, Dad. Are you saying? <laughs>
3: And it's free, it's a free gift. You don't have to work for
1: it. And it's free. <laughs> you
3: know, that's what I find out. People think they got to still work to get saved. They got to work to get it done. No, it's free. Just accept it.
0: Christ. So uh, my last words of the day, 1 Timothy 6. 10, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through many sorrows. <clears throat> It's DJ Double OG, man. I appreciate y'all tuning in. We will see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.